What's up, Sassy Gamers? Today is April 22nd, 2021, and uh, I'm Mike, and this has Got Our Attention Podcast number 45. I'm actually here with also today, we got Brian. Wow, you like up the complexity there and nailed it. it that's I know, uh, it's crazy. That was a twofer. That was pretty amazing. Uh, I'm excited to be here today. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Yeah, so... And I think the plan that he's talking about is the fact that we actually have a special guest today. Uh, so we have a friend of ours who is a also a content creator. Uh, he's also a host of his own podcast. It's called Infinite Boost, uh, where he interviews. Well, I'll let him kind of talk about that. But uh, anyway, let's welcome Tom. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Great. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I think uh, I, I know we have some similar interests. We've uh, we've kind of exchanged some of that stuff the other night, and uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a fun one. So let's start off. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we brought you in. We, let's, let's hear about about yourself. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your podcast. I know that you you interview. Uh, so it's called Infinite Boost, uh, and it's available on Anchor as well, uh, just like uh, us. So it's anchor.fm uh, slash uh, is it, what is it? Infinite Boost, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So he interviews uh, mostly Rocket League players, people who play Rocket League, uh, but he does also have different uh, people that do come in and also uh, talk about different things that also kind of relate to Rocket League, which is pretty neat. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Well, I mean, when you talk about things that relate to Rocket League, I I kind of take a very uh, worldly approach to how I look at Rocket League in terms of just improvement. The reason I started the podcast and what the podcast is about is just uh, basically improvement at the game of Rocket League because I wanted to do a podcast about Rocket League. And so I thought I could take a very selfish approach and just talk about improvement on a consistent basis because I want to be improving at Rocket League. So it's like two birds with one stone. And there's not really anything like that out there. So it right. it, it just seemed to really work out. Um, yeah, and- we were talking about that a few minutes ago is how like you know, with us doing like kind of like gaming overall news or tech news, interesting thing news. Um, There's a lot of shows out there like this. So obviously we get that this we're not the first ones, the pioneers of creating Mm. the style format. Um, But like you said, you know, looking for something like a Rocket League podcast. I mean, I I didn't even think that was a thing uh, until I spoke to you. And and yours is obviously going to be unique. Mm -hmm. I also think it's amazing, too, because you're talking about, you know, getting better at Rocket League and you know, what a good, friendly, social way to do it besides, hey, sitting down with someone and just talking to them about it and, you know, and talk about other things as well. But like mm-hmm. it just naturally comes up like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, you know what I'm doing these things, that's a great way to do it. You're improving yourself. Plus, you share your wisdom with other people who want to improve and everyone gets better. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I'm sharing any wisdom, but uh, it's funny <laughs> sure. because I've been kind of stuck in Rocket League for a long time. I mean, I've been improving, but, uh, you know, I feel like I would like to be a little bit farther along than where I am. And a lot of people will come by my Twitch chat when I'm streaming and be like, oh, man, I just got GC for the first time last season. I listened to your podcast. It's helped so much. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what? All these I'm not GC. People, all these people are getting better and better. And here I am just still in the same place, which I'm happy for them. It doesn't make me crabby. Like, you know, I could. Uh, and I mean, I've had uh, 
stops and goes with the podcast. Um, and part of that is frustration about being stuck. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm really happy for the listeners of my show and that they enjoyed so much that they get so much out of it. And it's just been it's been a pleasure to be able to bring some of the knowledge and understanding of the game that some of the people I've talked to, because I've talked to, you know, coaches in RLCS. I've had one RLCS professional player on there. I've had lots of like people with uh, college experience, like high level players. So it's it's right. been a lot of fun to be able to bring that to people in a way that they wouldn't, you know, ever had the opportunity otherwise. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. Awesome. And then for for those of you who knew that I've been on a five month hiatus from Rocket League, I haven't played since uh, I think it was November or December. Uh, I broke that surprise uh, spoilers. That'll come up later uh, when we get to what we've been playing. But uh, that's also kind of what sparked this up. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your content creation. I know I checked out your YouTube page uh, and it's literally just Tom because <laughs> that's your YouTube. Uh, yeah. But I noticed you had a, a couple of Valheim videos, uh, one that's actually taken off and it was more of an instructional video. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wish that I could have better things to say about my content creation, at least the, the consistency. Um, I, it's something that I've always been interested in and just never, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, there are lots of reasons, but I don't want to take up the whole hour. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just hasn't been consistent, but you know, in terms of like YouTube and Twitch and podcasts and things of that nature. I pay a lot of attention to the culture and what people are doing. I'm fascinated by it. I love it. Um, and now I guess this, however many go of it is a time that I'm taking it just a little bit more seriously and hopefully can make a really good go of it. And you bring up the Valheim stuff. So I'm sure, uh, Phoenix had mentioned that you are a survival, a survival game, uh, right. fan. Mike and I, when when Valheim came out, a couple of friends of mine were like, "I didn't know what it was," and my friends were to like, fair, "Oh, yeah. we're gonna be Vikings today. Does everybody want to be Vikings?" And I'm like, "What the heck are you talking about?" So they're like, right? "Oh, we're playing this game called Valheim, and we're Vikings." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." And I was a little frustrated with Rocket League at the time, as people are uh, from time to time. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to buy it. It was like 20 bucks, maybe $30. And I downloaded right. it and we were all playing it. And I was like, this game is so cool. This game is right? a lot of fun. And so I was like, I should try making some videos about this. And I found one guy that had made a build video and I just made like a quick little tutorial, whatever. It didn't do very well. Um, and then I made one more that did a little bit better. And then... Uh, I was searching on YouTube like different search words just to like see what people and nobody had really made a video about docs. And one of the first days that we started playing the game, as I was digging down into the ground close to like an ocean, I noticed that if you dig down far enough, water just magically appears. Like <laughs> it doesn't come from anywhere, but like if you go low enough, water's just there. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And so I got the crazy idea to like dig out a big area and make a pool. So like nice. we made, I made this big area and made a pool out of it. And then I made this ugly, ugly contraption, uh, <laughs> just trying to build as high as I could to make a high dive. 
So I made a video out of us like climbing up on this thing and just doing a bunch of crazy stuff off this high dive. And then I noticed on YouTube that there were no really good videos about docks. And then I also saw a lot of people complaining on Reddit about having to build in the water because it's just a little frustrating if you played Valheim. Yeah. Uh, and then the wood gets degraded and it doesn't look very good. So I thought to myself, I could take this idea of like digging out the land and letting the water come inland instead of building off of the land uh, and like like a different way to build docks. And it just went crazy. Like it. Yeah, it's like a 270 or 280,000 views now. Uh, you know, at the time that I made that video, I had like under 300 subscribers and now I'm almost at like 1400, which is, you oh, know, wow. it's it's not. It's nothing crazy, but at the same time, you know, for somebody that has always aspired to do something like this, um, it was it was a lot of fun having it happen. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, I can't say that we have that many or anything, but uh, but it is the thing. It's, you know, finding something that you like and, and finding something that was needed and you willing to, to make a video about it. Because uh, that's the thing is, if it's not available out there, I mean, that's like prime real estate, really. So, if, if, you know, you can make mm -hmm. the video and make it work for yourself. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. The way I watched the video and, and it was an interesting way to build like that. And that worked out. And it's like, man, I didn't really think about that because I've also played. We've all played Valheim mm -hmm. and uh, and we've not really had a good time in the water because yeah. of just, you know, how janky things are sometimes. Mm -hmm. But but uh, but yeah, it was a cool video. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I no appreciate problem. that. Yeah. And I also totally get what you were talking about earlier with uh, content creation and just the consistency of it, which usually that's how you build and maintain an audience is consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, other than like you said, you know, like just having something go viral and you build, you, you get your, you know, like an initial start of an audience that way a lot of times. Uh, so when, when you kind of run into that, uh, what do you do? to get past that, to get past like the writer's block as it were. Oh gosh. Uh, you're, you're going to put me on a soapbox here. Okay. So <laughs> I, <laughs> again, and I hate, I, it, it kind of throws me off a little bit to talk about this because I obviously have had very minimal success when it comes to this stuff. So I don't, I'm, I'm not a guru. I don't have all the answers or anything like that. I do have my opinions and my thoughts. And basically at the end of the day, like where I'm at right now is, is I'm looking at my content rocket league in general, like it's my job, even though it's not making me a ton of money right now, if any money right. at all, like it's still my job. I'm growing a business. There are a lot of content creators or people that aspire to create content that like might make one video or think it's a little bit hard or want to, you know, do something a certain way and it doesn't work. And then they just stop. Right. Because they post the video or they work, you know, 20 hours of, on a video or something. It doesn't go off like they want them wanted to. And then, well, this is too frustrating and I don't want to put in that work and I'm done. And at the end of the day, I I'm telling myself that this is a business and it's something that I'm growing and it's going to take a lot of time and effort and daily practice to get there. Um, like it's it's so if I have a bad day or if I have a bad video or something doesn't work out, then that's just a bad day at the office. And I still have to come back to the office the next day and get back to work. That's a, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Whether or not so, it works out, we'll see. So that was Dang. more of a rough question. Uh, here's here's a much easier one because you you already helped us out with one big one. Uh, that's an example of this before the podcast started. Um, you had mentioned this little piece of software uh, for us to check into on our side called Zencaster, which looked fantastic. So so on the content creation side, besides Zencaster, what's like what's one of your favorite pieces of software that Maybe people know about, maybe people don't know about, but mm. you think it's very useful in content creation. Well, so I will, I will say even outside of content creation, something that I use on a very, very regular basis is a web app that's called, um, it's called Coda, which is a doc backwards. Um, it's a startup in California. And basically what they have created is, or their premise is that Word documents, spreadsheets are something that haven't changed literally since the 70s when they were first put on a computer. So yeah. they're doing everything that they can to create this modern kind of collaboration organization tool um, that is extremely aesthetically pleasing and also very, very easy to use. Um, so it's kind of like a Word document and a spreadsheet all in one. So if you need to like, organize a, a list of articles for a podcast or you're building a shopping list or like anything that you want to build and create, uh, there's a way to do it in Coda. It's free up to a certain point so you can get comfortable with it. You can use it. It makes it really easy to use and kind of frictionless. Um, and then also it has the power of spreadsheets where you can build formulas and you can organize things, hmm. you can filter things, you can color code things. It's super, super handy. And I, I really, really like it. Um, and like That's I said, cool. yeah, I found it when it was in a private beta in 2017 and I nice. DM'd their Twitter account and was like, any way I can get into this. <laughs> I need this. Yeah. And then they were nice <laughs> enough to uh, let me in. And, um, I've been using it for everything since then. It's, it's just a lovely, lovely tool. Um, nice. I yeah. We kind of use, uh, we use OneNote for our, our collaboration yep. as far as like the podcast and different things. Cause it's easy. It's one of the easier ones we found that we already basically had because of subscription. And then, uh, we're able to like, you know, see who's making updates in real time. We can, you know, change things mm -hmm. and update things there. So, um, yep. but yeah, that sounds pretty cool. We'll have to check that one out as well. Yes. It's, yeah, I, it's awesome. I, I threw it up there really quick. And to be clear, we are not sponsored by any of these people. There's no sponsorship oh, yeah. going on here, but I did throw <laughs> if it up. If you want to sponsor really us, I mean, yeah, right. We're, we're open for sponsorship. Now I did throw it up there really quick because I went to the site really quick and just the tagline is enough of this sheet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it got, yeah. And it got a spreadsheet up against her face. I was like, okay, that's, that's at least worth throwing up on the podcast really quick. Uh, for those listening, and not watch any of the video, go check out the site, CODA. It's a funny joke. Even if you don't use it, that enough was worth yeah. a fun little look. It's a, it's a really cool company. The, the two co-founders are former, former, former Google employees. Um, ah, okay. so they, they really know what they're doing. It's a, it's a really awesome company. I, I really like, I really, really like that product. Cool. Mm. Yeah, it almost looks like 
uh, and they do have more, a mobile app too. So like if you're, a, I don't know if it's on Android yet, but on iOS. So like you can build whatever you want on the web browser and then use it right on your phone as well. It's super handy. Cool. Very cool. All right, Mike. You're steering the ship. Well, I thought you didn't want me to give you an intro to doing something before the news. Yeah, but you didn't true. want me to give you a segue. <laughs> I, I wanted you to give I wanted to give you the opportunity of doing a terrible one. Oh no, I don't even want to do it today. I'm done. You can you can take it away. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, I uh, before we started the news, I wanted to uh, just give an update. You know, we've talked about um, stop sign cam, uh, which was this wonderful little Twitch site that was pretty much 24 by seven, uh, except for when his batteries ran out and they had to go change the batteries that pointed at a stop sign that no one ever stopped at unless they were forced to stop. Like the cops didn't even stop at the stop sign. Uh, but I did want to give an update <laughs> because that's so yesterday. See, now, now you need to check out Shrimp 247. That's right. Oh, my 24 God. 7, you can look at shrimp that are in this aquarium. <sighs> so I really should have got the bird fights, bird street <laughs> fights, or whatever we said, bird fight bets or whatever I was going to download bird fight or bets. Uh, buy. Bird fight bets, because my bird feeder is still going off the chain outside. And I think I need to get that moving because obviously if people are watching shrimp. They'll watch bird fights. I mean, that's absolutely. Wait. I mean. Yes, I mean, they're watching the shrimp. You've got a second computer that you can hook it up to and just do a 24 seven stream off that other computer. You got the bandwidth for it. It's true. Um, you know, you could just hook it up there real easily and and you know, get something that you can zoom in a little bit, I guess. A good friend of uh, mine is really into bird watching and like uh, identifying birds and things of that nature. And there are oh, wow. there are a good number of bird streams on YouTube that she will check in with on a consistent basis. So interesting. That is that is a definite thing. Yeah, I was like, because like I have a lot of birds in my backyard that fight. I have a lot. Like it's literally like I said, bird fight bets because it's like they're always constantly coming in to get the feed because it's just that's like I guess the only one in the neighborhood that has I have one. So um, they're having a good time back there. It's currently available for one dollar a month. Yeah, you could really you could really corner <laughs> that market. That's a possibility. Oh man, I keep talking about. It. I'm probably gonna have to do it at this point. All right, well let's get into the news. So. This first story is it's upsetting and, and I'll explain why. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. So there was a post on Reddit that a user went to uh, was our legal advice, I believe, was the subreddit they were looking at. And they posted something in to the saying of it was a throwaway account. It was actually like po legal throwaway zero zero. And uh, what it said was like, hey, I'm a disabled gamer and I was actually banned from Path of Exile online uh, due to using macros because I'm not able to, you know, play the game normally because he's disabled. Um, and they were looking for, you know, some legal advice. So obviously Reddit takes hold of that and was like, what? Like, are you telling me grinding gear games is like 
ban somebody for being disabled like that's ridiculous. So, of course, this thing started an outrage and it started getting to the Twitter accounts of Grinding Gear Games, uh, even reached out to Able Gamers, the charity that I, I had mm-hmm. worked with to, to raise money for and stuff. And uh, and they even reached out to the CEO, like going, hey, like what's going on with this? Is this being investigated? And the CEO comes back and goes, uh, well, I haven't heard of that. And like we've looked into our records and we haven't banned anybody for that purpose. So, you know, what are you talking about? So they went back and on the Reddit, uh, the user had then been deleted. Uh, it's well, they said that the user was hacked initially is what the person said from the account. And then the account initially yeah. just disappeared. So. That happened and everybody's like, well, what's going on with Grinding Gear Games? Like, this is crazy, causing a lot of flack, really, for this company. And uh, turns out, um, I think it was like the day later or even maybe later that afternoon, uh, the person who ran that came out and said that they were actually a teacher. uh, And what the idea was, was a social experiment. uh, So he could show his classmates or his students that, you know, you can sway people online by posting certain things. And what he did was he made this fictional story, posted it in a web chat, and then it blew up to show his point of, see, you can't always believe what you read on the internet, which is great, I guess, on that sense. But at the same time, he started like almost people revolting against one of a, co- a company who's actually done really well, which like, I know Demiran's talked about plenty for Path of Exile, and a lot of people play it. It's a free-to-play game, and there's just so much content. They always release new content. And uh, I've been very well with their their crowd base. So uh, to kind of do this is my concern when I heard, especially when I heard it was a hoax, is that the old adage is if you have something bad to say about someone, it goes out to a thousand people. If you have something good to say, it goes out to maybe 10. And it's kind of the same here that when the bad news hits, Sure, it's in this subreddit of legal advice, and but it goes out from there. Like you said, Able Gaming, a charity reached out to Grinding Gear. All these people heard about this bad news. So when this person, and I'm trying to be very nice here because this is irritating, uh, when that person says, oh, well, I was just trying to do this, you know, to show my class or, or whatever, that's great. There's only a small set of people at that time, because you know that that Reddit post is not going to be upvoted much or even downvoted all that much. People are just going to move on and not care. There's only going to be this small subset of people that finds out that it was a hoax. And that's a problem because you now have put out all of this bad press for a company that didn't deserve it. And for what? For something that a has already been proven. Tell me if you've heard this one about how if you sleep with your mouth open, uh, that that, you know, uh, I think it's like. Throughout the year, you've swallowed like 100 spiders when you sleep. Definitely you've heard, heard that, that one yeah. before, right? That was started by an educator. It was a completely 100 percent false thing. That an educator started to What's show with these educators making up teachers, but, man. But but <laughs> here's the difference, though. He he did it for almost the exact almost the same thing. Not not necessarily swaying opinion, but how something can spread on the Internet and how lies can spread on the Internet. And that's exactly what he started for. You can look this up. This is all true story. But see, what he did is he didn't point to a real person or a real company. 
Right. He made a fictitious story up. And that's like, that's a socially acceptable way to do it. That's cool. And it's funny because there's still people that believe that whole thing that, you know, you'll swallow, you know, a hundred spiders a year because you sleep with your mouth open and stuff like that. When it like, you don't swallow any spiders don't want to crawl into your mouth at all. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and, it's interesting. And in, in 10th grade, I remember it was us history and we had a teacher he was actually great at history. I mean, he was he had a lot of U.S. history and he came in one day. We went to the class and he told us a story about some uh, president in the past or some political person. And this whole elaborate story, I mean, it took probably half the, the class. And uh, and then he go and everybody was like, wow, I never heard that, never knew that. And he goes, well, yeah, because I just made all that up. But the point is, since I'm a person that you trust, right, because you think I'm a teacher and that's I should know all everything. You just believe me because I told you that. And in yeah, that case, he's like, that's why you should never just believe because someone told you, you should always do your research and always look into things. And I was like, wow, that's, that's actually really good. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the, and the funny thing is, is that the change in social structure since then till now mm -hmm. is that we've gotten away from trusting figures of authority or knowledge that we're aware of. Right. And it's gone to, we're just trusting the internet. And yeah. anything that's on the internet, literally brand new account in Reddit says this in legal advice. And this blows up into a major story. A story so big that there were news sites reporting on this negative thing and spreading out further before it was determined to be a hoax. Yeah, and that's, uh, I, that's just crazy. I mean, Tom, outreach on the I, internet is obviously something. Tom, I don't want to dox you here, so you don't have to say anything more about your past or anything like that. But my understanding is you got a little bit of past where you might have your own perspective on this as well. Oh, well, I mean, every I'm yeah, I don't I don't know if you're talking about. Well, I your don't past. know. Huh? Uh, your past and things, you, the, your past professions or current professions and stuff. Like oh, that, well, that yeah, intersect no, with just, that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I used to be a teacher, if that's what you mean. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily know that that in particular intersects with any of this, but, uh, you know, just, um, thinking about the world that we live in, in general, in all things, there's, there's, there's no more like truth anymore. There's always like two sides to everything and people choose to believe what they want to believe because they get it from a source of their choosing. And that's taking mm -hmm. what you're talking about to a whole different, bigger level. And at the same time, you know, like people just find something that they on the Internet and just instantly believe it. Like, that's just fact. Yeah. That's just what it is. And uh, it's it, you know, especially looking at this story, it can be really bizarre when people decide to just believe something. But then when they see something that is vitally important or like really mean something it's well let's do all our research and let's make sure that we have all the facts straight um it yeah and you're really taking advantage of very specific situations to like prove a point with this like right. if somebody went on to reddit in the legal advice and was like you know, I got in a fight with my mom because I told her that the sky was actually purple instead of blue. And she was like, no, it's not. So she wrote me out of the will. And I don't think that's fair. Nobody would. It's a blatant lie. Right. But nobody would care. 
But when you go into legal advice and say that you're somebody that's disabled and you've been banned because you're trying to do what you can. Yeah. People are going to be upset about that. Like, what do you expect? It's so, yeah. I mean, it's a trigger. Exactly. I'm a hundred percent. I'm a firm believer of there's two sides to every story and then there's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, well, that's one of the ones I like now. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys remember this, but do you remember the whole Jesse Smollett thing? Did you know about uh, this? I don't, I don't think so. I don't need to get into the whole story, but basically Je- Jesse Smollett was on, he was on a show on Fox. I can't remember the name of it, but he's like a big time actor. Right. And so he was in Chicago and was attacked and he claimed it was a hate crime long story short long story short it turns out that he paid these guys to attack him oh yeah oh that does sound i remember this so it goes from these guys getting away and him being this powerful survivor of a hate crime to finding out that he paid people to attack him and then he goes to jail so Mm -hmm. like so it, is that a real story or are you just no, showing a, us no, that there's a, that it, you can influence us too? It's a real it's a real story. No, that's a yeah. No, that's a that's a real story that actually happened and then he went to jail. I'm pretty sure he went to jail. And he just like, submitted the news articles to the outlet so we can see it when we check up our news feed now. Yeah, and it's it's just, you know, like you you got it it doesn't work out in the long run. One way or another, you know, like why yeah. would you do this to yourself? Because now that teacher not only took advantage of a whole group of people that already don't have it very easy just to prove a point, and now the next time something like that shows up on Reddit, people aren't going to be like, let's help out. What do we do? It's, well, is this guy telling the truth? Is, yeah, it, is it really factual? Should we do anything about this? Like, the boy that cried wolf is a real story. I don't know if it's a real story. Is yeah. is a thing for a reason. Right. Exactly. That. Exactly. I and I think the other thing here too is there's two sides of the story and then there's the truth. Uh because I in no way shape or form want to throw shade on any group of people, especially educators. Educators are so important to us. Uh yeah. we don't even know if this guy was telling the truth that he was an educator. All we know is that he did something that is detestable and he, and he may be an all right person who made a pretty dumb error that happens, but still, this is a bad thing. This person did. And we can just like, don't, we we don't need to go off on educators. We don't need to go off on any kind of group. It's this person made a huge error and, and that, and that person's got to live with it in some ways. And and maybe, maybe they don't care, but um, you know, they got to live with it. Uh, speaking of making errors. And so can we, we consider this, this? Can we consider this? What we, what we, what I'd said earlier, this next part, is it considered social justice? Is that, is that a thing? I no, it's not. I don't know why okay. you think this is social justice. It's so weird. It's kind of social. That's funny. All right, go it's ahead. Sorry. Not, I didn't mean to kill your, I don't know why you think this is social justice. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> when you commentate and you will be able to tell us why you think it fits in that. So we'll, we'll I, I'm sure you have your reasons because you usually do. They're usually good ones. Uh, there there's speaking of people making mistakes, uh, uh, listeners to our podcast will know that we can get, um, quite spicy in our language. 
and we've actually taken a turn on that. Uh, we we uh, we privately called last week's podcast no f bombs given, uh, and then within the six minute mark, Mike already messed that up last time. But uh, we did so far that so good though. So far so good. <laughs> so far so good today. Yeah, we did that. We took this turn to try to reduce that significantly because of the concept of like trying to build the brand and trying to uh, very much how Tom said, treat it more like a business and work more on, you know, future of like building it as a business. And we can't, there, depending on the platform that you're on, you have less or more leeway when it comes to spicy language. Um, so that's something that actually came up a couple of times in the news. The first one was actually Nextdoor. Now, for those that don't know it, Nextdoor is a social media platform for people that live in neighborhoods, and it kind of geographically groups people together. And you see posts about people that are near you, near being like usually within within 50 miles radius. Yeah. Well, you can set it to like you're just your even, neighborhood. Even just your neighborhood. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. like the neighborhoods around you mm-hmm. or like, even like you're saying, even out to like 50 miles around you, like all of Atlanta is what I get, you know? Yeah. Uh, especially when I'm looking and, for free stuff. I'm always like the whole city. Like, <laughs> and next, next door is interesting because they've had to fight against things like people doing overly politically charged posts in the past that start arguments. And they're, they're trying to keep it a positive place is like, this is a way where you can, uh, notify your neighbors of something or ask your neighbors questions and like point out great things like, Hey, there's this, like one of the next door ones I have that I love is that there's a small, just small business that's starting off. Uh, and this woman, she does other things, but she's been making tamales and she'll make tamale. I think it's like a bucket tamale and she'll just make a pan of tamales for you. And, uh, and they posted on next door and she got orders and orders and orders coming up, you know, like for Christmas and stuff like that. And it was an amazing way to boost her business. And if there's the lost pets and stuff like that, uh, but they've been fighting kind of some of the negative side of it. And one of the negative things that they decided to address was racism. And so they actually put an alert in next door as you're making a post to alert you that what you may be about to post could be considered racist. And it was quite interesting reading about this because all I could think of was Jeff Foxworthy with his whole, you might be a redneck if, and next door is sitting there, you might be a racist if. <laughs> really? Uh, it does give you the option to continue posting it anyway. Um, yeah, it just yeah, gives I mean, you yeah. Like a, yeah, just kind of like you know the, that it could be offensive. It's like those apps you can download for your phone that are like drunk apps. So it's like, are you sure you want to send this text to your ex? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. type in this math code. And you're like, oh, I can't do math. It's like 3 a.m. and I'm wasted. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one of the example they show is that someone responds to a Black Lives Matter post by saying all lives matter and then decides they'd actually like to hear the person out before seeing the anti-racism notification come up. Uh, so I think it's interesting because it's like how, what, what kind of filters? Yeah, sure. You got like the buzzword AI, but I mean, AI isn't actively real time doing this stuff. All AI does is build 
better algorithms for you to catch things. But I mean, like, what are they catching? They did say, though, that this kindness reminder, which is one of the things that they call it, has reduced incivil content <laughs> by 30 percent. Incivil? Incivil content. Hmm. That's an interesting <laughs> word. Right? Uh, <laughs> so they say they they say it seems to be effective by reducing it by 30%. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, they, they, they also say like the blue lives matter and all lives matter and white lives matter and regulating all those things among other things. I, 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 I can say I haven't seen it mostly because I don't post on next door. Um, I won't say yeah, I that I, I won't say that, uh, I wouldn't have said something stupid because some, sometimes there, there was, well, was a tweet recently, a content creator was kind of just doing like, uh, a, a, like a funny jab at TikTok. Uh, TikTok posts by she she searched like oh what's all the slang that TikTok people are using right and she did this tweet that was like da 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 and then a lot of people said uh that's pretty offensive because that's uh you uh I think it's American African vernacular I'm getting that wrong I know I'm getting that wrong somebody have to look up what it actually is but there's a term for the vernacular. Uh, used in uh, common African-American speech and that trying to emulate that is offensive. Just it. And I get that because it's just like people who do sounds that sound like Asian languages to emulate the Asian language is extremely offensive. It's the same yeah. concept yeah. Uh, or using specific terms in like Spanish and stringing them all together uh, to try to seem hip, it could be very offensive. So I get it. Uh, and she honestly didn't know she was doing that because she was Googling something else to get those words. So I can see how you can accidentally do some of that stuff. And something like this on next door could be kind of useful. So the reason I said social justice is because the act of removing these things is great. And that would be like social justice, right? But in this case, it seems like a good attempt, like a good try. I don't know if this is the best way to do it, but hey, it's well, a I step mean, in the right direction. I mean, if if they if they say it's reduced it by 30 percent by just reminding the person making the post that what they're putting, it may be offensive and that reduces yeah, it. And people delete it because, I mean, that was their main thing is not necessarily deleting other people's posts, but preventing the poster from saying something intentionally or accidentally that is offensive. Yeah. Um, but that kind of moved on to something that's a little bit more in our wheelhouse, which is what do you do about toxicity in voice chat while you're gaming? Uh, I could see even that this could be useful in podcasts in the future, maybe. Uh, and that is Intel in a recent kind of, they were, they were at a conference uh, virtually and talking about AI processing and some of the things that can do. And they came up with this concept of bleep uh, based on the fact that, uh, you know, you bleep out 
naughty words as it were. Right. And it, I, I first said this, Mike and Mike's like, that's so cool. When can we use this? We need this for our podcast. Right. <laughs> in real and time. It, yeah. In real time. Like immediately. And, yeah. Like live. Well, Oh, well, it'd be nice if it were live. And I think this is for live because they, they were, they were positioning this as for voice chat actually. Mm -hmm. So just immediately just bleeping out words or, or taking them out. Uh, what made it, I don't know if funny is the right word, but what it made it kind of odd in a funny way was some of the slides and this there, there's some videos out there on this. You can go find the video of Intel and bleep. It's super easy to, uh, to Google it, but just this poor guy that's sitting in front of this slide that says things like, okay, the N word on and off, that makes sense. But then they got sliders and the sliders <laughs> go from none to some <laughs> to most to all, just in case you want all of the name calling or maybe you like that kind of language. So you want all of the sexually explicit language, but maybe or, you want, maybe you want to turn your slider down on that white nationalism. So that white nationalism, it goes from all and then you slowly move it down to none and, and they just start to lose their Southern accent. Huh. Terrible. Uh, so I, I don't, I really don't get the slider. Racism the slider seems really weird. It should just yeah. be all checkbox, like on or off. Like you don't want to hear it, turn it off. Why do you have a slider? Like I don't even want to listen to some swearing, some white nationalism, but not a lot of it. So yeah, only a little I, bit. I like most. <laughs> I like to hear most of the racism and xenophobia, but that's being thrown my way. I mean, I'm like, if it, what if it can if it can pick up sarcasm, <laughs> like really thick sarcasm. Not only are they on their way to some really good technology, but you know, like, and, and here's the thing. There are some comedians that can get on a stage and just be so blatantly racist, but they're not yeah. racist because the, I mean, they might be making racist jokes, but they're jokes because they're comedians, but some comedians can't do that. So if you're like right. in your private yeah. discord and you had the racism slider turned all the way up, but you're making a joke with very thick sarcasm, does that one slide through? I mean, just me saying that out loud makes me look like kind of a bad person. Like it's no, I'm not. I'm not saying that I do that yeah. all the time. <laughs> that I'm just no, no, sitting no. with my friends and like throwing around these racist jokes. But um, that was more just like thinking about why you would have a slider well, and what this slider would be capable of. Yeah, no, it makes and, sense. It's. I mean, I get what you're saying. It's. It is. It is interesting technology that we obviously don't really even know if it works yet, but it is kind of interesting. Or if it's really sure. beneficial, like this is a Band-Aid to a problem that is much bigger than just bleeping True. things out. Like True that. what I would like is to find a way to get all these people that are throwing out all this racism and xenophobia and name calling and all this disrespect. Let's like fix those people. Help yeah, those yeah. help those people so that they don't want to do it in the first place. Maybe that's yeah. an I work on that <laughs> intel. Give yeah, us five million yeah, dollars and, and help people be better people. 
Hello? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And and to back up for just a moment, if this thing has a slider for sarcasm and gets really good at detecting sarcasm, oh, then the I'm going to be die. silenced for at least half of every podcast. I know it'll just be silent that we won't we won't be doing very well at this point. Uh, another thing it does is also chat. So it's supposed to monitor chat as well and be able to real time, you know, take out words and things from chat, which would also be very helpful for streamers and things like oh, yeah. that as well. So I'm I I legit am looking forward to see how this does and how it evolves. I think I think their heart is in the right place. I agree with Tom that, you know, some of the money could be spent of like uh, almost like the next door side of it instead of instead of just silencing them, just kind of whispering in your ear like, hey, you know, you're being kind of a racist a-hole right now. Maybe you should chill it out <laughs> a little bit. They pause you for like three seconds right. on speech because you have to hear the message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. How fun. How fun. The posts are so, down 30 percent, but racism is up 150 yeah. percent. So it's a win. <laughs> It's a win. <laughs> so speaking of wins, so I know we haven't done a cyberpunk weekly update in a long time, and there's oh, obviously God. a reason for that. Uh, but I did have some interesting news to bring to you. So I guess if you want to throw the intro, you can. Uh, if not, I will just continue. No intro. OK, great. Uh, so CD Projekt Red has actually <laughs> announced that even after all of their refunds, um, they had sold 13.7 million copies. Uh, even after issuing 30,000 refunds, the total approximate money, uh, the only cost the company approximately was 20 or 2.17 million, which is a drop in the bucket compared to the $560 million that they actually made in revenue in 2020. So there's uh, they say over 95% of the process of the refunds have already been processed. Uh, there's only 5% left, um, which they're still, there's like the, probably the difficult part because of banking and then also the 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 companies who like the what do you call it like the steam and different like places you're buying it from. Um, so having to go some through some of those hoops. But ultimately, CD Projekt Red is laughing at all of us because they made so much money. And uh, well, yeah, because they're still I, swearing to make the game better, I guess. I almost think you said that backwards because you talked about how much they sold first. And oh, I almost missed the point. They only issued 30,000 refunds out of 13 million. So right. only 30, that's ridiculous. Now, granted, the article does say that is refunds that they directly issued. It isn't necessarily refunds that Sony made to their customers or X, uh, Xbox, Microsoft made to their customers. But you would think that they would back it up the chain and say, okay, CD Projekt Red, we had to do these refunds, especially since you tweeted out saying everybody can get a refund. So yeah. you got to give us our money too. Uh, right. Which, which, which is why CD Projekt uh, Red, excuse me, Cyberpunk 2077 still is not on the Sony store. You cannot buy it anymore for Sony. Yep. Yeah, it's still got work to do. There's been a lot of updates, but it's definitely still not it's not the AAA game that everybody that they hyped up the game to be. Um, it's just not there yet. Is it and ever going it to be, be. like how? it really depends on if they want to be a, a, a no man's sky or they want the game to just be CD project or, you know, uh, cyberpunk 2077. I mean, so often you hear about vaporware, but never have you heard about vaporware that actually launched and then unlaunched. Yeah. Like it, it's, 
when has that ever happened that a game has launched done so poorly and so well all at the same time yeah i think there was one other game that playstation mm-hmm. ever pulled from the store i can't remember what it was um, right offhand but there was one other game and uh and it wasn't yeah. a significant game like 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 what you know cyberpunk 2077 was meant to be uh so it for for a game at that caliber from i, w- I would say cd project rent the triple a studio i guess um but from a studio that's really well known for some of their games for them to put out a game that doesn't even stay in a PlayStation store is pretty well wild. considering the marketing and everything that they put behind this game for years. Right. Not to mention Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. And now you can't even buy it on the PlayStation. I mean, yeah. And, the fa- you know, there's there's been some similar things too. you got. Um, there was that game i think it was beyond human that mm-hmm. released sold in stores uh they found out that they had essentially stolen code and not credited appropriately or oh or, wow or paid the royalties for it and they and the reason the way the other company was able to prove it is they said yes and here's this bug in your game oh because my gosh. that bug comes from our code and we never released any information about that bug and it's very specific in what it does. And you have that exact same thing in your code. Uh, and so they That's pulled wild. it off shelves. So they Yikes. won their court case and they totally pulled that off shelves off, not just, you know, the digital stores, but all shelves. So that was one. Uh, some people actually went out like on eBay and was like buying up copies thinking that it was going to become rare or something. Never did. <laughs> uh, and there, there's a couple other things like that, but it's, it's, like you said, it's rare. It does not happen very often. Yeah. Uh, I cannot find the one that happened before. I think we mentioned it last time when we talked about this being pulled off the store, but yeah. I don't know what it is off the top of my head right now. I should. It'll, it'll be but. interesting to see what happens with that game. Be- and Mike, I think that um, No Man's Sky is such an excellent example of like the potential of games these days and and what can happen like no man's sky won an award for best ongoing game or something like that at the game awards like people love that that actually a thing before (laughs) was that an actual award to win before they make it up for for no man's sky because i mean it does deserve an award i mean hello games did a phenomenal 180 and fixed mm -hmm. everything which Again, well, at the launch of them, they were kind of pressured by Sony to get the game out because it was a PlayStation exclusive initially. But it was, you know, they did a 180. They really not only did they do, they, you know, basically half off the game for a while. Um, did they release the content to get the game to where it needed to be? Then they kept releasing content. They keep releasing DLC, keep releasing DLC, and it's all free. And they've gone way above and beyond the the $60 mark that the game was valued at. Um and they just keep putting out more content. And I think it's like almost caused a culture uh, with that company now, being that we saw last week, we saw that other game, um, the little campfire also getting an update. So it's it's just a it's a neat thing to see that the company actually did that and, and kept moving forward with it. Yeah. So I'm just looking on the best ongoing games just because it is kind of like a weird yeah. title or like award. So No Man's Sky did win it in 2020. Fortnite won in 2018. And 2019 and Overwatch one in 2017. Okay, so most of those are 
well, FPSs, like games that are Battle Royale FPS. So it's like you could see that obviously ongoing because those games are continuously being played on like esports and things. So um, for No Man's Sky, a game that's a, at a heart single player with multiplayer um, abilities now actually better. Um, like you, you don't really just see that. You don't really mm-hmm. see that being a, a title that's continuously worked on. Usually that stuff's done after the first you know, year or two and then they move on to another project. So right. that's pretty neat. Well, and I think the expansiveness of a game like No Man's Sky allows to continue to add more and more content to it. Mm-hmm. And they're making the game that they, you know, wanted to make five years ago. Yeah. So I am. That's a good point. No Man's Sky is a really good story. And I appreciate them taking all the millions of dollars that they made from selling a half-baked game in whatever year it came out and turning it into this beautiful thing that it is now that I have like 45 minutes in on steam. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like I remember listening to some IGN podcast back in I think 2015. I think the game came out 2016 if I remember correctly. But I remember listening to podcasts talking about this game that was coming out and like the the idea of like you're going to be able to have a ship and just blast into space and and I'm listening to this going like, man, that sounds really cool. And then the launch happened and I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't buy that game. Right. <laughs> and then eventually well, I, I mean, did buy it. But, you know, to to be fair, I mean, a lot of this, there was. It was mostly the multiplayer stuff that they didn't deliver on launch uh, for f- feature wise. I mean, you could get into a ship and you could launch into space and you could go to different planets. It's just that there was no real drive. There was. Yeah, uh, there was, they were missing a lot of content. I mean, it's it well, wasn't they were fleshed out of story time. content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were they were they were heavily relying on the procedurally built content. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I th- there was things to be disappointed about. There was definitely things that they were 100 percent honest about. And that's exactly what they delivered on. It's just that people kind of built it up in their minds to be even more. Uh, and there were things that they said that weren't there at launch as well. Uh, but yeah, it's still. It was a disappointment for everybody and they turned it the heck around because regardless of whether that disappointment was based on actual factual things they said or not, doesn't matter. People were disappointed and Mm -hmm. it's hard with that level of disappointment to just turn it around 180 degrees and have so many people just saying, this is an amazing success story. You know, Hmm. like that's rare. I cannot find that game at all, but I don't know. I'll probably find it later and like maybe post it in the comments of the YouTube when video when it comes out. In the meantime, talking about something a little bit more epic, uh, literally epic game store. I have not looked at what the games are this week. I'm not going to give that update. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the month anyway. So another one of those videos will hopefully be produced. More interestingly, though, epic game store in their quest of getting more eyes and more games and building the store up. They are now offering in their store. The itch.io store. An app, you can download an app. And that app opens up itch.io, which is a already a game store that tends to focus on more of the indie and smaller side of things. Um, they're, they're not they're not offering itch.io titles. You can download so the HIO app, which has access to 200,000 titles, which are now going to be this is this is actually kind of a nice collaboration. As weird as it sounds, it's a nice collaboration because you have, you know, 31.3 million 
active daily users on the Epic Game Store that now might be incentivized to go to itch.io. And itch.io has 200,000 titles that they can now can get in front of the eyes of all these Epic customers. Yep. And, and so, also it does have assets as well. So uh, I'm not a game developer. Uh, I have made a single playable for me game before. Very, like I said, this is not fancy in any way. Uh, but some of the assets I did use from that were free assets that were available on the website, which people had uploaded and you know mm -hmm. said, hey, here's some free stuff you guys want to use. Uh, go for it. So it is definitely geared towards that indie, uh, very small developer type mind, which is great. And there's also paid assets you can pay for. Uh, but it is really neat. I actually helped out a, a person on there that was doing a dungeon D&D uh, &D, uh like a board game maker, like you can make maps as the map maker, but it's all 3D rendered. So you can actually have like people join you and stuff. And it was really neat to see that. But again, here's Epic trying to to keep the indie side, uh, which is what they've been kind of doing. You know, they bought Psionics for Rocket League. Then they got um, what was the other game recently we mentioned that they had Fall just guys. taken over? Oh, uh, Fall Guys. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So here again is this is like the ultimate indie push that they've done. Uh, which is great because, like you said, all these little developers and little little people are going to get some visibility out of it. Yeah. Which, so then do you, you buy I mean, the games through the Epic Store? Like if you pick a game <laughs> in the itch.io thing, you do you have to it, make a new account then? Like what's the benefit of this? Besides like the visibility. Like, visibility I, sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like visibility is the only benefit because it, you literally – uh, have an itch.io app, it sounds like you would have to create an account with them and be able to buy through them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it just gets it in front of more eyes. Uh, so you know, it's like, go ahead. Well, I'll just say it's almost like Xbox Game Pass with EA Play. So like I want to play EA Play, mm -hmm. I have Xbox Game Pass, I log into that and then I launch well, EA Play to have, but I mean, it's free, everything's free on that. But in the, the, yeah. the that example of like launching another app from an app is, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, so if you ask me, I, I don't know about you guys, but I am a a large or a, a strong advocate for Apple. Um, So you may or may not have seen like all the whole baloo and back and forth that Apple and Epic have been having mm -hmm. regarding oh, absolutely. payments mm -hmm. and fees and things like that uh, for Fortnite. And you know, one of the arguments that I believe Epic and just everybody in general is making like open up Apple to other stores, like other let other people have stores on the iPhone so that we can sell things the way that we want to sell them. And when I hear about Epic using their Epic store to put another store in their store, it's like, look, Apple, we can do it. You can do it, too. It's not that hard. <laughs> Absolutely. And that you know, and that is probably part of the push because Apple oh, was yeah. very adamant on we're not letting you incentivize any sort of in in-game purchases without us having a piece of the pie. And, yeah. And I get that. I get why Apple's doing that and I understand that. But at the same time, you know, you're gonna miss out on content. I mean, there's gonna be things that you won't be able to do. Or as a developer, it kind of sucks because you're not able to to try to make a little extra money from you know skins or whatever. Um so yeah, I definitely think it's it's part of that as well, for sure. Yeah, uh, it sounds like almost a political move, legal political move on their side. Uh, and, and, and I and again, two sides to everything. I don't think Apple is 100 percent blameless on this either, because they actually do have other companies that have stores within their store that 
for those companies, they allow uh, in-app purchases. Um, well, they allow, they allow in-app purchases for Epic. It's just Epic doesn't want to pay the money. Like Epic doesn't no, want no, to give no, up their 30%. Uh, no, it's not just the money. There's They have specific language on how you can have those stores and they let other people not abide by that language. And, uh, and that's as far as I'm concerned, that's their prerogative. Uh, I I don't know enough about the contracts to say whether it's written in there or not or anything like that. But I know that's one of the things that, you know, Epic was pushing against is like, Hey, you know, but these people over here are doing almost the same thing that we want, but because they're, you know, this huge company, you're letting them do it and not us. Mm. Although Epic Epic acting like they're not a big company when they're a multi-billion yeah. dollar company at this point is right. flipping ridiculous. I yeah. think we said it before. It's just a billionaire slap fight. And 100 percent, you know, who whoever comes out on top is like. I don't care. <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. both of these companies are going to be doing just fine no matter what. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess I don't know all the all the finer details, so I guess I shouldn't speak out of turn. And oh, right. oh that's fun. Well, we do it no, all the time. I just I just don't know <laughs> which way it goes. And like, as far as I'm concerned, and I will preface this, but for any listener or any person that might hear this and think I'm an idiot or a moron, that's fine. Feel that way. I'm a huge Apple fan. I'm an Apple fanboy through and through. Take it to the grave. I love their stuff. And <laughs> Epic would not have a phone to put Fortnite on if it weren't for Apple. So just give them their money and you're still going to make a ton. So just take yeah. it on the chin, smile, let Fortnite be on the iPhone again and just get it. Like, it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's, this is definitely also, just a, a pissing match. Yes, and also to be fair, Epic has fought pretty dirty and done some downright nasty things in this whole thing. And and yeah, the the way I didn't even think of it that way, Tom, until you brought it up. That this very much could be just another salvo in this war. That they're yeah. like, yeah. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're not charged or we're not doing the same things to HIO. You know? Yeah. It could mm-hmm. be very much. Well, cool. Uh, that's, uh, that's going to be wrapped up for our news. Hang tight. Just a few minutes here. Listen to a word from our sponsor and we'll be back to tell you about what we've been playing. And we're back. So we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And, uh, this past week for game of the moment, what we did play was a game called dungeon of the endless. Uh, it is a co-op game. You can play single player. I was actually playing some single player of it today, which I can talk about in a second. Uh, but we played it multiplayer up to four players. Uh, it's free right now on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you can check it out. I think an original price, I should have looked it up. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to guess it's probably like 15 bucks or something, maybe. 20. Yep. I don't know. I, I, um, I think I think I said 11.99 during the stream. Oh, OK, double, cool. So but I'll double check it. So it is a, a roguelike game that is you're basically in a spaceship that crashes into, I, I guess, a uh, planet or ship or something to that nature. Kind of. I don't know. They really explain that much. Uh, it's very like I think it's like 16 bit, uh, but your characters have all different kind of stats. So you get to pick the type of character you have and there's different abilities for speed or like actual. Um, are you a tank? Are you just a, an archer kind of situation? 
the pug, pug is a tank. a tank. There is a pug dog that's that is a tank. With a hammer. Yeah. So uh, the way it starts off, you're in one room and you don't actually move your character in this game. You actually direct your character on where to go. So you click on the next room. Uh, it, you have an option to open the door. Once you open the door, uh, then your character runs to that location. And then uh, when that character gets in there, if there's enemies to be found, uh, it'll just start attacking the enemy until they've either killed it or they've killed your character. Uh, so depending on the characters you use, there's some stats that go along with it. So if like some characters are like really good with like everybody helping them and then they get a buff for that or they may be good solo. And then when they have other people help them, that's when they their stats go down. Um, but the whole object of the game is to take the starting room that you're in. There's a gem that powers the, the, the actual ship and you want to move that to the the end room, whatever the room is. That's the ending that has the the receptacle to put the, you know, the gem back into some people call um, but it trying exit. To, the exit. Yeah. So to get to that point, though, uh, you have to go through each room. You do research. You build uh, modules that go on these little center platforms in the room. And uh, by that, that's how you gain like your uh, your what do you call it, like resources, essentially. Uh, there's industry. There's like uh, crop, which I think is food. And then there's uh, science as well. And uh, each of those, each time you open a door, you get some back. So like opening one door, if you have a plus three, then when you walk through the next door, you get plus three. Uh, and then you can increase those, um, those plus amounts by adding modules to different rooms. So it's kind of, um, towards the end of it, we kind of started figuring it out, but the idea is you want to be able to put down the resources you have available for you, the, mo the modules so that you get the biggest bang for your buck when you open the next door. Uh, until you get to the point where the exit's available and you're ready to try to trek towards the exit. Because when you start the exit, that's when, or when you move the gym, uh, as soon as you click it, that's when the endless wave of enemies start coming. And you hope that you've set up each room uh, in a way that will either protect you, give you health, or battle back to try to help yourself get to the exit. The one word of caution is we found this out live on the stream is that... Just because the player who's delivering the gym gets to the exit and is ready to go doesn't mean that you all complete the level. So Whoops. it took us, what, an hour to probably get to the exit, like get to one game that we actually didn't die and get to the exit. And we're all excited. Like, we're there. We're like, yeah. Nope. And, nope. and he hits the to, button. To, Mike's being nice. Mike's being, I nice. Am being nice. I had the gym. I walked into the exit. I was super excited. We made it to the exit. And as soon as that button said, take elevator, go up, I was like mashing it. And as I'm mashing it, I'm like, what does two slash four mean? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So they start off the next level and we're like, well, no, they couldn't do that to it. This game isn't that brutal. Next level no. starts. There's only two characters there. I am not an option and neither is. I think Bruno was out that round, too. So no, we I were mean, like, like OK, to, to, give an idea, to get an idea of how brutal this game is. It took us multiple failed attempts over an hour to get to the exit for the first time. And yeah. what difficulty setting were we playing on? Zycia? Oh, we were playing on easy. Yeah, easy. So there's there's two options of difficulty in the game. There's easy and very easy. Uh, so I naturally chose easy because I figured it would be easy. Uh, that is not no. the case. So you can start off with different ships. Different ships do give you different uh, stats on, on the start. So there was one ship that we use that like gives you extra food uh, per round, but then all the monsters are harder and things. So there's yeah. uh there's, you know, give and take on those. And uh, 
it, there was just a lot of neat aspects of the game. Like I said, I started playing it again solo today with a controller and uh, it was well, pretty easy to figure out with like multiple characters like that, which I thought would yeah. be a little more difficult. Yeah, there's some cool things where. So you, you have these three different currencies. We have industry currencies for building. You have science currency for researching and then you have food currency. And that's where it gets fun because food currency can heal you. That makes sense. Food currency is also used on how you level yourself up. And then on top of that, food currency is how you buy new equipment. So it's like, it's like this super important currency, but you can't get it unless you're spending industry and, you know, and killing monsters and stuff like that. But if you're killing monsters, you're using it to heal yourself. Or so there's this, there's a lot of give and take of like, oh, should I use 25 and heal myself up? Or should I use 15 and buy this new armor? You like it and and you don't have a lot of time to think about this stuff. I mean, in some ways you have all the time in the world until you touch that gem. But in other ways, it's like there's only so much you can do on the level and you only increase your currency by opening doors or killing monsters. And the monsters, while sometimes randomly spawn, for the most part, they don't. So at at a point you just run out of currency where you're not gaining anything anymore and you just got to suck it up and grab that gem and run. And whoever carries the gem spoilers can't run. They're the lowest people of the slow and can't attack. Like they're, they're not contributing to anything other yeah. than just trying to get to the exit. And so can't put really it neat, interesting game. It's uh, like I said, I, I started it again in single player. I'd recommend playing it. Uh, it's not a lot of people playing it online, at least. Uh, so when you make a room like you're not going to be able to join someone else, most likely there was only like one other person, I think, playing in a room. Uh, but definitely a very interesting game, a different type of game uh, in a sense of like, like I said, you don't move your character. The character just kind of goes to the room you assign it and uh, you can move your character around like that. But uh, yeah, very stra strategy is definitely a good part of this game, because uh, not only do you have to, like I said, put modules down and things. Well, there's also a research module that you come to and you can research an item if you have enough industry for it. And that item, you can decide on what you want it to be, whether it's like maybe it increases the the actual turret that you're using uh, or does it maybe attack um, your other players if there's any dead players around and give you extra in, uh, industry for that or whatever. So it's a it's a neat concept. Yeah, it's $11.99 on Steam and it is also free currently on Xbox Game Pass and our game of the moment video will drop Saturday at 12 noon. Sweet. Yeah. So check it out. If you like it, play it and then uh, let us know what you think. What is the name so, of this game again? It's a uh, Dun dungeon of the endless. Yes. See, Tom's interested um, now. He brutal of the brutals. It is almost, definitely brutal. Almost, almost bloodborne, except that bloodborne is more skill based. Whereas this is more kind of strategy based because one thing I don't think we made clear there, you don't control your characters. You tell your characters where to go and that's it. You don't yeah, definitely say you, do, you don't fight. Oh, you probably did. I, I, I wasn't listening this time. Twice. So Twice. it's like a roguelite <laughs> simulator. Kind of. Uh, yeah, it's kind, kind of, of it's a hero manager. We're seeing a lot of games like this. Yeah, recently, it's, like it's, loop hero. And, and in this game, yeah, but um, Dungeon of the Endless has been around for years. I had it on Steam years ago and bounced oh, wow. off of it because I didn't figure it out. Yeah, it's yeah. seven years old almost. 
That's crazy. Mm -hmm. The other thing with this game, I would say it's actually harder playing with other people because not only do you have everybody kind of doing what they want to do, the resources that you're using, uh, you can actually trade with other characters. Like you can actually give, which we found out you can actually give your character to other characters as well, um, awesome. which is interesting. But yeah, you like if somebody comes up to the research module, and you're like, hey, I need to research this thing. Well, you guys have to talk about it and say like, hey, which one is going to be the one that's the most effective? And then who has enough resources to give me till I can actually buy it? Uh, and then they may not even have it. So then you're kind of or, like SOL. Or while everybody's discussing the research and the way something gets researched is by the number of doors opened, that while everybody's discussing what to research, someone just goes, hey, why don't I just open this door, which literally is your research currency and just yeah, got wasted. That, I kind of did that. So, anyway. uh, <laughs> so they also released a, a new game. I don't know if two. you guys saw that. Uh, Endless like, Space and Endless Space 2. Well, no, there's one. And what else? Endless Dungeon. Ooh. They put oh. out an article oh. on December 10th, 2020, that's on their Steam profile for Dungeon of the wow. Endless. A game called Endless Dungeon. Huh. Nice. I'm wondering if it borrows some of the gameplay elements that they use in Endless Space, because they also have Endless Legend. Huh. Um, so they kind of got a whole series wait, of like release, style oh, games. Oh, release date to be announced. So yeah. it looks okay, like so it that hasn't one's not been out released yet. yet. Oh, snap. Dude, it's like, okay, so ours was top down. Dungeon of the Endless was top down. This is more 8 3D. slash 16 bit. This is isometric 3D, like high resolution Zeissia. Oh, well. That it's, it's baller. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Huh. So... I also played something else this week and I kind of mentioned it earlier. So I installed Rocket League again. You like uninstalled it. it. Oh, I have uninstalled it. I haven't played it in five months and I, uninst I wow. installed it again. Uh, I had opinions and I still have those opinions about it. Psionic selling out to Epic and that whole but fiasco and, and like an addict. It wasn't a fiasco like an addict. I wait, I wait, wait. No, 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 no. We got to back up. Because this is actually something I wanted to ask Tom earlier. Tom, it wasn't a fiasco. No, not in the slightest. Rocket League is in the best place that it's ever been. The players something that my player base is literally tripled. So, Tom, when did you start playing Rocket League? A month after it released. Like I, on Epic or like originally? Originally, I bought a PlayStation okay, 4 great. so that I could play Rocket right. League. Right. Okay, cool. So we're on the same playing field then because I started in 2015 as well. And then I bought a and, PC uh, because I wanted to be able to, right. like I'm an Apple guy. I should have an iMac or a MacBook Pro or something nice like that. Right, as you were saying. <laughs> but yeah. I have a PC so that I can play Rocket League. That's it. Wow, that's that's intense. So the uh, obviously the game then, so you understand the changes that happened in the game and what is, where it's at now versus where it was. And uh, and yeah, there was a lot of good things that did come with Epic because, I mean, we went from, you know, being excited about seeing like 68,000 users online. You're like, wow, that's crazy on a Friday night. And then it went to like now there's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of users playing Rocket League at one time, which is just unheard of. Every day there's and, a million uh, people in the middle of the day. Yeah. So I, on that side, yes, absolutely. Great for psionics. Um, I think personally, some of the choices they made to me uh, in the sense of like 
kind of fortnizing the game, which literally we made jokes about that. And as soon as it went to Epic, of course, there was a llama truck or a llama bus or whatever joining the game. Uh, now there's like an F-150 in the game. And I'm like, you know, the F-150 to me is like, I guess it also based on where I grew up like that to me is like, like, I don't I don't want to see a F-150 like that's not my thing. And having to see that in a game that like I'm all about, I was like, this is just like they're getting out of hand. Like they definitely sold out is what I what I would consider. Um, but again, it was definitely a good move for Psionics. I understand that. And for the game of Rocket League itself. Um, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I hated about it was the toxicity. And mm -hmm. they were working towards having the ability to be able to ban players, be able to report players that are doing toxic things. And then when they went to Epic, now everyone can make a new account with the drop of a hat. So they went from being able to ban all these people and try to really cut down on the toxicity to now where, I mean, if you get banned, who cares? I'll just make another Epic account and now I'm playing Rocket League again. And, and that's the issue that I really had the biggest concern with. It was like, like, they just don't care. I mean, they obviously, you know, they did it they, and they haven't done anything to try to fix that. That's still an issue. And, and then also the smurfing. Smurfing was the other part. It was just people playing the game at way higher, uh, way lower than the rank they should be. And they were just playing just to destroy people, just to make themselves feel good. And, I and mean, those two I, things is what really turned me off come come November, December, when I actually stopped and uninstalled it finally after, I think, 1,200 hours. I mean, honestly, I mean, they are a business. It's not selling out. Uh, I mean, to, to go to the next level, to do bigger and better things, you have to do some things like this sometimes. And I get why they're not working on the toxicity that much, especially when you have next door taking foot care of it for you. <laughs> I wonder where we're going with this. Good call. Back. Um, ultimately, Good call I say back. all that. It was a hell of a lead up for that one, but hey, it was, it was ultimately it. I say all that I literally installed it again and I've been playing and I've been streaming. I streamed for six hours the other day playing Rocket League online just because I'm, I'm addicted. It's an addiction and it's mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say it's a problem, but I, no. there's no other game. Yes. The only other game that I've played um, for an X amount of time, which at that point was only 800 hours, was Daisy. And it was something about that game with the community that I was playing with and like having the ability to like kind of jump into this other world. Um but like since then, Rocket League has been really the only game that I can play consistently uh, and it's quick. Like you can play a match and be off or you can yeah. play matches all night. And and the the ability to when you score that feeling you get of when you do score, um, there's just something that oh. about that adrenaline that you do that makes yeah. you really feel good. And, yeah, and, that, and that's what drives me back. Especially since there's so many different graphics that can be done when you score and that everybody else gets to see the graphic that you chose. Yes. And that's the, that's, that's the best. Like you got, you got League of Legends and League of Legends is big, huge, right? And Fortnite is big and there's a lot of cosmetics that's sold. I mean, some of the, we've, we've said it over and over and over and over again. If you're going to go free to play, make your money off cosmetics. Don't do pay to win. Don't ever yeah. do pay to win. And and all three of those games follow that credence that they do cosmetics. But League of Legends, your character's like this little, little big thing on the screen going really fast. And so then they had to do like big explosions and stuff like that. And even then they're not that big on screen. And then Fortnite, you got all these outfits you put on and pretty much you don't see them and pretty much other people don't see them too much unless they get close to you and you know you then you're in a firefight anyway but rocket league one the car cosmetics are good and yeah. 
you see them quite clearly all the time. And even better when you do that score, like you said, that adrenaline, and there's this huge thing of the cosmetic you chose and everybody gets to see it. And then yeah. that just drives sales for those cosmetics. So that's just brilliant. Yeah. I'm, like I said, go ahead. I was just going to say, speaking of cosmetics, they just came out with the Lamborghini Huracan uh, right. yesterday. I saw that today. And I, I've i never dropped $20 so fast. Like, I don't care about Lamborghini. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, care about those cars at all. But man, I just... So like... There was a time in Rocket League where I wouldn't buy all the DLCs that they would come out with. And now, like, my friend has the Hot Wheels one that he drives around every now and then. And then, you know, there's, like, the Pontiac car. There's a Dodge Charger that I don't have. And there's a thing in my family. Uh, there's my... I have some cousins that live in a farmhouse that's been in our family for 150 years. And this obviously oh, wow. has nothing to do with gaming. But there were many rooms that we went through and he's like, we're still going through this stuff because, you know, I have the family gene because a lot of people in our family tend to hoard things. And I have done very good at getting rid of my physical things. I don't keep a lot of stuff around me anymore because I know I just don't need it. But when it comes to digital items, I want <laughs> all of them. Like, I just want all of them. And I, I mean, I love the cosmetic side of it. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like your outlet, I guess you could say. It like is. The way that you you deal with with your um, so-called, not necessarily addiction, because it's not for you, but there's something that you're aware of that you're oh, able to, to be yeah. able to use it's that. 100, so it's 100% cool. digital for me. And every single time I get mm -hmm. a new level in that Rocket Pass item comes in, I just, man, I just get so excited. <laughs> I'm just so revved up. Um, I, I think so, the interesting thing, so toxicity, I mean, that's that's just like a whole other episode of a podcast because that's yeah. that's every single game that you're ever going to play yes and that's true, every single true. experience that you're going to have online and at the end of yep. the day like it i again going back to what you were talking what we were talking about earlier and you know if we could turn the slider down on toxicity or maybe take some of that money that <laughs> intel is yeah. spending on right you know a designer to design and code those filters like let's send some money to school programs and make kids feel better about themselves so they don't feel like that they have to attack other people randomly mm -hmm. on the internet like there's there's nothing that we can do to get away from that and all you can do is know that like some joe schmo on the other side of of a computer that's a keyboard warrior doesn't make you any less of a person because they tell you that you're bad at a game or they made out with your mom last night. Like yeah. it is what it is. Well, and let's just move on and, and play the game. Um, yeah. The other thing too is, you know, with Overwatch, for example, as, as one of the examples is that, you know, with their chat and their toxicity, they actually were able to implement a way to like kind of filter out their chat. I mean, and even that would be a huge accomplishment for rocket league instead of having just a reporting system. Like how about just not show, toxic stuff in the chat. Like that's an easy thing that people have already done. Yeah. So like even stuff like that. I mean, I love the chat and I do, I do like to talk to random people and like, you know, say, Hey, like nice job. But the, even with that, it's, it's hard to, 
to give people compliments because they automatically assume that it's negative because you're, you know, you're saying well, something sarcastically yeah. or you know, there's no that's, way you're being nice to me on Rocket League. <laughs> like Exactly. It's also yeah. it's also just because the power of negativity is so immense out there on the Internet and so prevalent that like even games where you don't have the normal social interactions like, oh, little phone game, little <laughs> called Clash Royale. You can't type. You can't talk to the person. All you can do is you can make your king do little emotes. And even then, people found ways to be toxic. It's like when yeah. you like miffed an attack or something, they would do the like the the little crying emote a whole bunch of time and make fun of you. And and, and, and this triggered people. This like caused people to get absolutely insanely this mad. This reminds me of Hearthstone. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's exactly what. Yeah. Similar to Hearthstone in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, just something where there was no actual true 100 percent interaction and trolls could still find a way to yeah. like they're going really to find irritate a way. people. Yeah. Yeah. They're going but. to find a way no matter what. Next yeah. thing you well, know, anyway. they're going to find a way to make it toxic inside of uh, single player games. Uh, <laughs> but enough of that. Well, Tom. anyway, that was my Rocket League. Yeah. So I'm starting to play it again. If you want to watch me on stream, I'm most likely probably playing Rocket League at this point, unless something else comes up. Anyway, <laughs> Tom, do you have a game that you've been playing recently? Yeah, Rocket League. That's basically <laughs> all that I play. Uh, occasionally, I play Valorant with some friends. Uh, I, okay. I'm not very good at that game, but it's it's fun. I've yet to play it. Nor am I. Yeah, I do enjoy it a lot, though. There's a streamer that I watch on a consistent basis who's a pro player for 100 Thieves. His name is Hiko. He's very good. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like, I used to play Counter-Strike when I was but a wee lad. Um, yes, same. Like, I remember playing, like, 1.3 when it first came out. Oh, wow. Uh, I was 1.6. That yeah. was my jam. Yeah. So like a long time ago. Um, but, you know, Valorant has been a lot of fun. It's fun to it's it's a little bit more fun for me because, uh, you know, I can talk to my friends a little bit more. It's a little bit more slow paced than Rocket League is. And I'm such a sweaty tryhard when it comes to Rocket League that I just have to put all every little bit of my effort into it and my focus. Um, so Valorant is like a cool down, but really it makes me rage more. So figure that one out. But that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's mostly what I, what I play and, and what I've been playing. Nice. What about uh, you, Brian? You got anything this week? Other than uh, not much. Uh, I started up my Saturday stream, uh, which I'm going to try to continue, uh, which is world of Warcraft. And I started a brand new character, this bright and optimistic human fighter called Sunther and he went out to the world and uh got killed on his very first boss boss fight <laughs> and woke up as a forsaken undead and took on the name of Unther and <laughs> is struggling with this change of events and that is psychologically taxing on him because he's trying to return back to his former life and, and finding some things as being an undead of like, Oh, this isn't too different. I'm, I'm fighting other undead and, and doing a good thing here. And then starting to do some things that are a little detestable. And he's like, 
justifying them. Like I'm now killing other fellow humans, but they were bad humans because they were holding this person captive. So it's an interesting psychological change that he's going through. Cool. Wait, so That's you're, play, the first you're playing, you're playing. Wow. Right. Yep. But is, is it on a RP server or you're just doing this all yourself? Oh, they, they don't even have RP servers anymore. They don't, they, 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 no, they don't oh, have, okay. they don't have PVP servers or non PVP servers. You flag if you want to be PVP or not. Uh, no, this is just, is just me myself just going through and going through the missions from level one, actually level one twice as I went over to undead. Um, and just RPing this character. Yeah. Okay. So you started with the human character and then purposefully <laughs> died and then started no, over no, again. No, not purposefully. He, he was not very competent <laughs> in that fight. That was his fault. <laughs> right. That was, no. yeah, that was his fault. So then as you were, as he was going, he, huh? All right. Nice. Yeah, check it out. It's on his Twitch. Uh, he'll be, so they said, like, he'll be streaming on Saturday. So it's yeah, pretty and, interesting. Uh, I added up for a little and bit. And I'll be dropping weekend. that on my uh, YouTube channel as well, I believe, because I think I have it fully recorded. So I'll be dropping it there. And yeah, it's just uh, following the uh, trials and tribulations that uh, Unther the Undead is going through. The friendly undead. Yeah. Maybe. Well, You'll have to tune right, in and well, find out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even so, know where this character is going to go yet. I, I like like literally at one point in time and, and believe me, oh, my God, one of my triggers is. Is pretty much violence against people in general, but especially violence against people that, you know, socially is is very unacceptable. I have huge triggers against I'm like I get really mad when people are violent against pets or violent against mm. uh, women or children and stuff like that. I two guys beat on each other. I saw that in Detroit all the time, <laughs> but, um, at one point in time, the character's like, I can't believe you made me hit you. <laughs> oh gosh. Which is, which is such a detestable thing to say. And it was just like, that's how that character was that minute because a, a woman had attacked him and he fought back. And, uh, in no way, shape or form, am I really, trying to joke about it, but I'm like, it's this weird, again, the psychological tribulation, uh, and, and, and stress that this character is going through is trying to go back to being human again and find himself as undead, something that he hates and having to do these things that he hates and the weird things, uh, just, uh, definitely not justifying any of his actions. He's, <laughs> he is not meant to be role-played as necessarily, do the not try this at home. Hero. Yeah, he's not a fun loving hero, that's for sure. Interesting. Oh man. All right, well, let's get into our new shorts today. Our short attention news. I got my shorts on. No, starting off with a fun one, much more lighthearted was some of you be uh, may be aware of these actors. Uh Brie Larson uh, who played Miss Marvel and uh, Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie. Again, they have other things that they play. Those are just the recent Marvel roles that they are uh, somewhat known for. Uh, apparently, Brie Larson has her own YouTube channel, uh, quite a number of followers, 
And she just kind of texted or uh, t- tweeted Tessa Thompson about playing some uh, Fortnite. And sure enough, they got together. And actually, the article in this Games Radar, uh, the title in this Games Radar article is Brie Larson taught Tess- Tessa Thompson how to play Fortnite, and it's adorable. Well, the adorable thing is right. The rest of it's kind of clickbaity, but it's the best kind of clickbaity. It's where you're in your expectations from the title are so surpassed by what the real thing is. And the real thing is, is that Tessa Thompson actually didn't play. Uh, she, uh, it, it ends up being a better video with her talking to Brie Larson, Brie Larson actually playing Tessa Thompson saying, Hey, go here or do this and, and do this thing. And they're, and they're like, Hey, I really want you to tame a wolf. And she ends up taming a wolf. It's a fun, like 11 minute video, easy to find out there. It is really cool and fun to watch and well edited too, by the way. Check it out. All right. Next, we have a little blurb of unexpected news, not news. Uh, Bloomberg out of Japan decided to put something out saying that Square Enix was looking for a suitor somebody to take them under their umbrella. And of course, Square Enix is the legendary creator of the Final Fantasy series, uh, Fire Emblem. They now uh, have taken Enix, of course, under their wing with, I can't even remember what the series is now, but Enix was the starter of, gosh, I can't remember, but another really, really good RPG series. And then Square Enix recently came out and said, no, that is not the case. We're very happy. Uh, living alone and single, doing our own things. We don't need any sugar daddies. We are going to continue doing our own thing and how we want to do it, which I am happy. They bring up um, Bethesda being recently purchased by Microsoft, and we just don't need that for Square Enix. Yeah, that's like you said, it is one of those legendary companies that for Bloomberg to kind of report that someone somewhere must have said something. um, But for that person, they either well, Square Enix is trying to cover it or that person probably didn't really mean that exactly. Well, or the, the other thing to th- think about, too, is like in this industry, there's always someone talking about buying someone else always. And yeah. and whether it's act- whether the actual other company knows about it or not is up in the air. Um, and it could just be something like that, that it could be Microsoft actually was thinking about buying them. They just hadn't approached Square Enix yet and just the wrong person talked. And there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Uh, Tom, were you thinking of Kingdom Hearts? No, I wasn't. Oh, that's, that's a, a that's, another, that's another. I mean, R- Square Enix <laughs> is just so good at um, RPGs. So, yeah, it, it was originally Squaresoft, right? Role playing mm-hmm. game. And of course, I'm a I think lot it was square older than the average it? person. I mean, there's Chrono Trigger. I'm trying to think of what it is, and I just I'm I'm going through their list of games right now. Dragon Quest. Oh Oh, yeah, that was originally created in the 80s or 90s by Enix, and it was just Enix. And then somewhere in like the 90s or early 2000s, Enix was purchased by SquareSoft, or they merged maybe, and they formed Mm -hmm. Square Enix. Um. So yeah, that's. My actually the original Dragon Warrior, which turned into Dragon Quest, 
was released in 1986, the same year that Final Fantasy was released. Fun fact. Hmm, there you go. Didn't know that. So Nintendo has now claimed the best-selling racing game in U.S. history. So reported by the NPD group, Matt Paselli, uh, he's uh, or actually Pasitea, maybe uh, he's executive director of the video game industry advisory. And uh, he announced that the Mario Kart 8 has surpassed Mario Kart on the Wii, uh, which was released in 2008. And while they don't know the exact numbers, uh, Mario Kart 8 was originally released in the Wii in 2014 and sold 8.45 million units in 20, uh, 2020. And then when they released it on the Switch, they ended up selling 33.41 million units. So this is ultimately put Mario Kart as the top selling racing game of all time, which is kind of wild to think about. But yeah, there you have it. Super wild. Even more wild is getting those sweet, sweet deets on what is in stock for PlayStation 5 and your Xbox console and well, I mean, all kinds like if you like our monthly free games video drop that we do, then you better be a fan of at Wario 64 on Twitter. So it was great relief when reported by harddrive.net that the U S government was going to reach an agreement with Wario 64 to announce COVID vaccine availability. Uh, so that way we've got, I mean, one user was like, it's been really great because I've actually been trying to grab the vaccine and a PS five. So I put on the tweet notifications and I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. Okay. All that is a satire site. That's, it wasn't a real article. Um, the government did not reach out to Wario 64, but proving that Wario 64 actually does have a sense of humor about this. Uh, shortly after the, the satirical fake article came out, he actually did tweet out that there were 237 vaccine times available in San Antonio right now. So, <laughs> That's so he went ahead and made, made that article a reality. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Over to you, Tom. Well, the uh, one website that we all love, and at the same time, the company that we love to hate, Amazon, they yeah. have such a handle on all of our lives because we just can't <laughs> do without that two-day shipping. We finally found something that they suck at, and that is creating video games. It has recently been announced that they have canceled Amen. their third video game, uh, a game that would actually probably be pretty interesting to play, a Lord of the Rings MMORPG, uh, has been nixed uh, for reasons that I didn't go through the article that came out on IGN that I'm looking at right now. Uh, but it has been canceled, unfortunately, and this follows a couple other games uh, that they tried to release. One called Breakaway, which was like a dodgeball five-on-five uh, MM or like a MOBA game and then Crucible, which was a take on a first or third person shooter game. Both, uh, did not do well. And Amazon once again is out of the gaming space besides, of course, you know, our homestead Twitch. Yeah. 
So Nintendo, if you're familiar, again, as we talked about more Nintendo news. If you're following who the CEO is, his name is Bowser. Uh, actually, real name is last name is Bowser. Uh, mm-hmm. So this headline says Nintendo sues Bowser for violating copyrights with switch hacks. But it gets more confusing because we've mentioned this before. There's actually a hacker named Bowser who makes hacks for switches and a bunch of different other platforms. And uh, we had mentioned before that he did get arrested uh, for violating copyright law and doing selling these hacks by um, from the switch and things. Um, well, they're finally getting to that lawsuit and the lawsuit if successful. Uh, Nintendo would obviously shut down all Bowser's actual you know, hacking facilities and operations, um, but they would extract twenty five hundred dollars for each traffic uh, trafficking device plus one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per copyright violation. So this would literally take them out of business forever. And then some. Yeah. And then some. Yikes. Good gravy. Well, Nintendo may have the uh, best selling racing game of all time, but apparently the PS5 is the fastest selling console in U.S. history, even with the COVID restrictions on being able to create these darn things fast enough. Uh, that's right. Uh, so far the PS five is the fastest selling console beating out the Nintendo Wii, which, uh, had a record of $552 million set back in March, 2008, where the, uh, PlayStation five has $680 million. Now, part of this article that's in gamesradar.com as well does state that the Wii had sold more units uh, just that they were cheaper units and that the PlayStation five being more expensive units was able to uh, uh, grab the, at least the dollar amount side of this. Uh, so kudos to them. Keep selling and you know, they're selling out and eventually these scalpers are going to have to run out of money buying these things. Cause people are going to stop buying them from them. Hopefully. Yeah. Speaking of Sony and stores and availability, it was recently announced that Sony was going to be closing down their other very successful stores, the PS3 and Vita game stores. And of course, those of us out there that haven't been able to get their hands on a a PS5 or for some reason, a PlayStation 4, question mark, complained that they were going to be shutting down these stores. I mean... The PS3 came out in what, like 2006, 2007, like a long time ago. ago. And yet people still complain that they were shutting down the store. So Sony, being the good and wholesome company that they are, decided to change course and leave those stores up for people so that they could continue (laughs) to search for their 10 and 15 year old games to hopefully find something new (laughs) in a moment of boredom while they're sitting at home on the weekend. Because, I mean, yeah. God knows they can't get a <laughs> PS5. That's true. That's true. That now, now, to be fair, and, and Tom, you probably you didn't know this information. Uh, one of the things is the Vita actually being not quite as old, although close close to 10 years. So that it is still up there in age. Uh, part of the consternation there is that there were developers still creating games for the Vita. And yeah, they, they had wow. just, just purchased like the Vita. They just the released kit. them. And then got and had no notification that the stores are being shut oh, down. Wow. So I had no idea about uh, that. Part. So those, those, and it's still, still, uh, your your point is still valid that it's a very, 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 very small 
part oh, of the I'm market. Sure, yeah. Um, and, but it's interesting that <laughs> that they had some new people that were getting affected. Uh, who wouldn't? Who would have thunk that people were still making games for the Vita? Yeah. Yeah. Not I. What are they thinking? How big, I don't know. How that, big is that market? <laughs> how many people are still carrying a PS Vita in their backpack? Come on. Right. I mean, I, I get it's more popular out in Japan. You see them all the time in the subways, I hear. That may be. Uh, especially, but uh, at least a couple of years ago it was. I don't know about now. But still, I mean, like, just make the game for the Switch right now. Oh, just get I an iPhone. Really. Mm. Yeah. Just get an iPhone. <laughs> So we mentioned this. This is actually a twofer. So we mentioned this uh, last week that there was rumors about hey, potentially Discord um, going to be bought by Microsoft. Well, Discord announced that that has actually ended. Uh, they have no intention of being bought out by Microsoft now. Uh, they have actually reported that they're going to potentially go out for IPO uh, for themselves to actually potentially open up. Uh, I can't wait for that. Uh, I will but buy another news in that instantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in other news, uh, if you're familiar with the Pokemon Go app, there's whoa, whoa, a new wait, game. Wait. I do think it was funny that like the same day they announced that they weren't going to be bought out by Microsoft, that a whole ton of their servers went down. It's true. I mean, I'm not going to say Microsoft had anything to do with that. But I am going to say Microsoft had something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, anyway, a little bonus for you. There's uh, if you're familiar with the Pokemon Go game and the, mm-hmm. the on an antic and the way that those style games go with the GPS location and also the AR, the uh, augmented reality. Uh, there is a new game coming to you if you're a Witcher fan. So Witcher has a new game coming out called Witcher Monster Slayer. It's going to be available uh, I think on both devices, iOS and also Play Store, um, Android users can pre-register now. Uh, the trailer looks pretty neat. Doesn't really show a whole lot, but the idea is you'll be able to fight all of the monsters in the Witcher uh, lore uh, out in the public and just walking around and doing things. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. It'll be available soon. And that's basically it. So we typically go into emails, which right now we have no emails except spam. So if you want us to send us an email, it's uh, GOA at sasgaming.com. Again, that's GOA at SASSGAMING.com. Send us an email. It doesn't matter what it is. Tell us what you think. Tell us, you know, what you don't think. Tell us what you're doing. Whatever. Just send us an email. <laughs> and that is what got our attention this week. If uh, you want to follow me, you can follow me at uh, XYCIA or Zycia on Twitch. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Zycia Gaming. Uh, you can also find Brian. How? No, guests first. Tom, tell us about your socials. How can people find you? How can people follow what you do? Uh, anywhere on the internet, you can find me at I Wanted Just Tom because Tom is never available. <laughs> so just I Wanted Just Tom and I will be there. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Phoenix Nova, P H O E N N I X underscore Nova on Twitch. Get rid of the underscore for just about anything else, and you'll be able to find me, except for YouTube, because they got a stupid rule. You got to have so many followers before you can name the channel after yourself. It's dumb. Yeah, well, eventually we'll get there. Well, uh, Tom, it's been a pleasure having you on this week. Uh, we do thank you for stopping by, and uh, I'm glad that uh, we were able to catch up and uh, hang out and talk about some yeah, stuff. Yeah, thank you so, so much. I appreciate uh, having the opportunity. It was, a, it was a good time. Yeah, definitely a good time. So for those listeners out there, uh, until next time, you guys be safe. Uh, and I, I'll just keep it at that. Be safe, have a good time, and have a good night. Y'all take care.